KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are listening to home. I love all the covers of our theme song. I love them. <laughs> uh, I'm Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, craftsman, builder, custom home designer, here to help you turn your ordinary house into an extraordinary home. You know what we're doing this weekend? Thanks for joining us, by the way. You've joined us in our second hour. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 11, every Saturday morning from 6 to 8, all because of you, because I want to help you out with your house. So let me give you the number, 833-2-ASK-DEAN. 833-2-ASK-DEAN. The phone lines are open. Give me a call. I would love to help. All right, let's uh, dive back in. Let's talk to Karen. Karen, welcome home. Karen, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi. Um, Yeah, I was wondering, is there a way to stop um, cats from jumping on the roof? Okay, I have a, there's a, we have a, a flat roof and they they climb on the fence and then they jump on the roof and it, they're really loud. It sounds like a person walking up there. And they also have cat Oh my fights. gosh. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> cat cat fights on the roof. Yeah. Uh That's a really good question. Um I'm not sure that I've encountered that question before. Uh All I could think of is if there's somehow that you could put some kind of a barrier up on the roof that isn't going to be. I mean, when we say a flat roof, do you have a parapet? Is there like a parapet wall around the outside of your roof? Or when you say flat roof, it's just flat and visible for everybody to see. Um, There's like an obstruction. You can't really see, see it totally. Just from certain angles is where you can see it better, like the sides and stuff where it's flat. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the the best thing I could think of is, uh, you know, there are those uh, uh, wires that have the, the small current in them that we use to keep other pests outside of the yard. Maybe there's a way of mounting it uh, one up there that uh, would keep a cat from having access to the roof. But, of course, we don't want to do something that, you know, looks ugly from the street. So if it's something that you could pull off without anybody else seeing it, then uh, mm-hmm. you could get creative in in that regard, but if I mean, if this is a roof that everybody can just kind of clearly see, I don't know. Put a dog yeah. up on the roof. I'm not, I'm not, not really. Sure. Yeah, right. It's a condo, so you know. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I know how to advise you on that one, Karen. Uh, uh, hey, yeah, I've never um, heard anybody call either. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good one. I think you stumped me on that one. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not sure how to keep cats off a flat roof. Uh, you got me. There you go. You got me. I surrender. Okay, okay, All right, thank Karen. You. Good luck. Anyway, <laughs> okay, okay, thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Thelma, welcome home. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for taking my call. I'm so happy. You know, I have oh, these No, I'm happy too. Oh god. I have these twisted drawers from the thirties or the twenties and they don't open well. I don't know what to to do to open them really, you know, to slide nicely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have so a chest of drawers from the twenties or thirties, so I'm assuming that there's no metal hardware, it's just wood guides sliding on wood, yes? Yes, exactly. 
Okay. So now you can do this yourself, or you can get somebody uh, with a little bit of know-how to do this, but the key to those wood glides and those door drawers sliding smoothly, as smoothly as they can, is paraffin wax. Oh, we got to pull out. We got to pull out those drawers. We take a block of paraffin wax, and we are going to wax the runners, just like uh, we would wax a pair of skis going down a, a mountainside uh, during the winter in order to glide over the snow. Those wood runners were originally had wax on them, and you know, after seventy, eighty, ninety years, you know, the wax wears out, and it's just one of those things that every few years you have to maintain. Otherwise, they're just going to be sticky and weird. So a nice coat of paraffin wax uh, on the runner. Don't drip candle wax. It's a different story. we got to rub it on there, and then we buff it until it gets to a nice, smooth, slick surface. And they I'm not going to guarantee that they'll be super smooth, uh, the smoothest drawers you've ever opened, but they will open and close, and you won't have to wrestle with them anymore. Oh, my God. Perfect. Thank you so very much. Oh, God. You and take you know care you and have do? a wonderful day. I was yeah I was going to tell you you may not be able to find it at the local hardware store but if you go online and just uh put a search for waxing my uh cupboard drawers uh you're going to find it and you should be able to order one online it'll show up uh, to your home in 3 or 4 days and you can just uh you know have a waxing party except for you know the fun kind Great. of waxing party Great. Oh gosh. Thank <laughs> you Thanks, so Thelma. much. Thanks, All right. Okay. Bye bye. You have a good day. Let's talk to Kelly. Hey, Kelly, welcome home. Yes. Yes. Hi. Um, I live Hi. in a retirement community in Orange County, California. And I remodeled my home early 2020. And the linoleum, it's uh, not linoleum, but vinyl is buckling everywhere. Hmm. Hello? Um, now, oh, okay. yes, I'm here with you. Uh, so, uh, vinyl. Now, when you say vinyl, is that uh, is it vinyl plank or is it sheet vinyl? Uh, it's uh, the luxury, not vinyl. It's uh, the luxury. Is it what's it called? Is it vinyl? Well, I'm saying, is this an individual luxury planks? Is, is is so luxury yes. vinyl planks? So individual planks, yes. right? right? Okay. Right. So it's buckling everywhere. Um, okay, the, well, there no, is usually it one. In the kitchen. Uh huh. Okay, start in the There's kitchen. There's usually one reason. There... Yeah, Kelly. Okay, let me get let me get my thought out. There's usually one reason why uh, a a luxury vinyl plank, which is a floating floor, as we call it, a floating floor. It's not glued down. It's laying on top of uh, uh, of the surface there. There's usually one and only one reason why they buckle, uh, not the result of water damage or anything like that, but a floor like that, a, uh, a vinyl plank floor, has to be installed with uh, an ample amount of uh, space between it and the edge of the wall. Uh, sometimes we see that floors have been installed in which they've run the floor all the way right tight to the baseboard or right tight to the wall without a gap. And the manufacturer's suggestions on every single one of the uh, luxury vinyl plank floor that we've ever seen all say the same thing. Uh, an eighth to a quarter inch, uh, usually quarter inch is the minimum gap 
that has to be left all the way around the room. And the reason is, is because that floor expands and contracts throughout the year. Well, when it gets hot, that floor expands in size. Now it's imperceptible plank for plank, but if you got 20 planks uh, all stretched out across a room and each plank just expands just, you know, a 64th of an inch, okay? That's up to a half inch of expansion of the whole floor. And so when the floor expands and the edges of the floor hit the walls and can't go anywhere else, then guess what happens? The expansion continues and the planks start to pop up in the center of the floor. And if it's happening everywhere, it sounds like the whole floor itself was uh, installed without that kind of expansion. Now, typically what's done is uh, when a floor is installed right up to the baseboard, they leave a gap and then they'll put a little molding down on top of it called a base shoe. And all that does is to cover that exposed gap because the gap has got to be there. So. The good news is uh, luxury vinyl plank floors uh, can be uh, installed by clicking them together and they can be removed uh, by unclicking them and then reinstalled again. So the best thing you could do is call a flooring company, maybe the one that installed it originally. If they're not around anymore, call any reputable flooring company and have them come out and give you a quote for uh, taking up uh, whatever moldings are around the edges, exposing the edge of the floor and uh and uh, recutting a gap around the floor so that the whole floor will settle down and lay down again and now have the room it needs to uh, to expand and contract at will. That's going to keep those planks from popping up again. I guarantee you uh, it is highly likely that that's exactly what the problem is because otherwise luxury vinyl plank floors are incredibly stable uh, incredibly reliable floors. The only reason they pop up is when they don't have room to grow. Kelly, thanks for the call. I hope that heads uh, you in the right direction. And uh, I think we're good to go. More of your calls when we come back. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. AFI. Dean Sharp. S-H-A-R-P. The house whisperer. That's whisper E-R. Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. At your service <laughs> you are you are listening to home with dean sharp the house whisperer that's what i'm trying to say all right the number to reach me at 833-2-ASK-DEAN 833-2-ASK-DEAN anything you want to talk about regarding your home today let's give it a shot see if i can't help you out all right back to the phones why don't we talk to ann hey ann welcome home hi dean Okay, I just have a quick, actually two quick questions. Um, when I plug in my, uh, like, vacuum or a, a fan or something like that, and, of course, you know, you vacuum for a, f- a few minutes, um, when I go to unplug from the wall, the, the, the plug is so hot you can hardly hold it. Is that something I should be concerned about the actual plug at the end of the vacuum cleaner yes has 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 gotten super hot huh yeah and um you know i vacuum for let, let's say at least 10 minutes because the room is kind of large and i go over to unplug it to take it to another room and the plug when i unplug it from the wall it, it, it's really hot wow so, that you know that's that's a bit of a quandary i gotta tell you because it's it's uh <laughs> 
it's normal for an appliance plug to become warm uh, after you've used it for a while. It is abnormal for a plug to actually get hot, okay? Yeah. Um, it's usually some kind of internal electrical fault in the appliance itself that is ready to go off if it's drawing too much energy, like a, you know, like if it's it's drawing so much power that it's going to overwhelm the wires in the plug. Sometimes an improperly grounded electrical connection can also cause a device to draw more power than necessary. So, you know what? Uh, that's a, it's a bit of a mystery to me. We, I, I, I have heard, I haven't seen this firsthand, but I've heard that a proper, an improperly gr- grounded plug can sometimes allow an appliance to draw more energy than it should, and therefore the cord on the appliance gets way too hot. Now, if it's warm, that's one thing, but hot, like, ooh, ow, I can hardly hold it, that would be a concern. Does that happen to the, uh, to the vacuum cleaner, let's say, when you plug it into any of your outlets or just one in particular? Well, that's what I was going to suggest is maybe I should try another because normally I use the same outlet uh, because it's centrally located, you know, so that I can do the whole room. But maybe that's what I should do is try another plug to see if the problem is that one particular outlet. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to suggest a couple of things. Number one, that you do that first. Let's see if that happens on every single outlet. If that's the case, it's very likely. Uh, oh, by the way, when was your house built? Well, the the house was built oh, in like around sixty. But the two okay. the the two plugs that I use for the vacuum, they are fairly new because I had a uh, a, a little remodeling done. So when you said it could be not grounded, I just wonder if the electrician didn't, you know, yeah, do something that he was case. supposed to do with those two new additional plugs or outlets, I mean. Okay, so, let, so let's do what you were saying. Let's plug the vacuum cleaner into a couple of other outlets in the house and see, run it for the same amount of time, see if we get the same reaction yeah, okay. out of the vacuum cleaner for that, because it could just be an issue with the vacuum cleaner. It really could. Uh, uh-huh. But... Here's another thing that you can do. If you run down to the hardware store or uh, Home Depot or Lowe's, someplace like that, and you ask them, like, I tell them that you want to get an outlet tester, okay? Okay. Uh, Specifically an outlet tester. It's a little block of plastic. It's got three lights on the end of it, and it has a three-prong plug, just like you plug in the, uh, you know, any appliance. The thing that an outlet tester is going to do is when you plug it into any outlet in your house, Depending on how the lights light up, and there's a little menu right on top that shows you, depending Mm -hmm. on how the lights light up, it will tell you whether or not that outlet is properly grounded, whether the hot and the neutral have been reversed, whether there's a wiring issue with the outlet. So if you plug in this outlet tester, it's only going to cost you like 10 bucks to do this. You can test every outlet in your house, and you can know for sure whether or not the electrician properly grounded that plug. Well, I was just concerned with it starting a fire, you know, and that's what yeah. um, that was my main concern. But in talking with you, I that's that's a good idea to try another plug, another outlet, I mean, and then also get that little tester thing. That's a good yeah, for idea. Sure. And you definitely want to be concerned about starting a fire. And you don't want to mess with your electrical. If you're ever worried about your electrical, just figure it out, get it tested, get it dealt with, because we don't want a fire in your house. And thank you okay. so much, sweetheart. Thank you. Ah, okay. How about some more of your calls when we return? You are listening to Home with Dean Sharp, The House Whisperer. KFI, AM 640. 
live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. That's me. And you know what we're doing? We are taking your calls, which I love. I love talking to you about whatever's going on with your home today, whether it's a DIY question, a construction issue, a design question. I love design questions. So anyway, I would love to help. So uh, why don't we just dive back in? All right, let's talk to Antonio. Antonio, welcome home. Oh, thank you. Welcome home. Thank you. You're welcome. How can I help you? I'm regarding um, smoke detectors and uh, carbon monoxide. And I wanted to find out if it's the best place to put them if I buy the combination of both or buy them separately and put one inside the the bedrooms, like the, the smoke detector and then the carbon monoxide on the outside of the of the of each bedroom. Uh, yeah, you don't have to put a carbon monoxide detector on the outside of each bedroom. Uh, that's more okay. than you need. Uh, currently, in Southern California, in most municipalities, the code is going to be a smoke detector inside each bedroom, just inside the door mm-hmm. of each bedroom, a smoke okay. detector in the hallway leading to the bedrooms, okay? okay, and a carbon monoxide detector centrally located on each floor of the house. So typically right. what people do when they want to just be most efficient with their cash is they'll buy a regular smoke detector and put those inside each of the bedrooms. And then they'll mm-hmm. take a uh, smoke detector slash carbon monoxide combo detector and put that as the hallway smoke detector on each floor outside the, the bedroom mm-hmm. doors. And that will get you covered. All right. Okay, I appreciate it. Now, one last question, right. if it's possible. Um, yeah. How can you determine, you know, they have the conservation uh, faucets or fixtures nowadays where, you know, you have to find out how many gallons of water you spend on the faucets? How can you determine yes. if that one is um, under the guidelines? Like to, oh, everything that, is being, everything that is being sold in stores now, legally, is under the guidelines. I, I, I guarantee oh, okay. it. Uh, unless right. your city has extra stringent guidelines. So the best thing to do mm-hmm. is simply, mm-hmm. if you're wondering and you're, and you're worried, is uh, call your local uh, city building department and say, hey, okay. for our city... What uh, what are the regulations for my toilet as far as how many gallons can my toilet use? How many gallons per minute can my shower head be? How many gallons per minute can my faucets be? They will tell you straight out. They'll be like, it's going to be this, three oh, okay. and a half gallons per minute, da, 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 one and a half gallons per flush, right. so on. And then uh-huh. you can just go shopping, and, uh, and on the side of every single fixture that you buy, you're going to see mm-hmm. the gallons per minute uh, of, for that fixture, so that you, you end up getting the right one. I see. I appreciate that. Buddy, thank you so much. I got to go. Really, really good question, and uh, good luck. All right, let's talk to, why don't we talk to Clyde? Hey, Clyde, welcome home. Yeah, you you answered half of my question about PEX pipe. I, too, have that old copper, and it's starting yes, to sir. break down. My, my plumber recommended PEX pipe. The only thing is, he didn't. I forgot to ask him what pressure, maximum pressure, PEX can take. Well, PEX can take oh, uh, a tremendous amount of pressure, as much as copper can in general. And the cool thing about PEX is that uh, 
not only can it handle the same pressure ratings. Now, you know, no residential system, let's forget about your piping. No residential home system should have more than 80 PSI running through the lines. And I'll tell you, it's not just about the piping. It's about the fixtures themselves, the faucets and such on the end of the piping, the hoses that are hooked up to toilets and sink faucets and all of that don't have more than 80 PSI running through your house. That's the absolute maximum high-end. Better to have more like 50 or 60. Anywhere between 40 and 60 is where most houses fall and most people are comfortable with. The cool thing about PEX, though, uh, in terms of its ability not only to handle pressure, but to handle kind of internal pressure from freezing, PEX can have the lines freeze on you. And because they are, they because they have a little expansive quality to them, they can expand with frozen water up to fifteen percent, which means it's one of the reasons why PEX first took hold on the East Coast uh, before it came to the West Coast. Because replacing copper lines on the East Coast with PEX means that uh, if you got stuck with your uh, lines being frozen unexpectedly while you're away, instead of the lines busting and bursting and creating crazy leaks all over the place. The PEX just expands and has the ability to absorb that expansion, and everything holds true. So yet another reason why uh, I think PEX is uh, the way to go uh, with uh, modern house uh, plumbing lines. That and the fact that uh, it can handle uh, everything that uh, copper can handle, and uh, and I think better in most situations. In most situations, not every situation, but in most. Clyde, thank you so much for your call, my friend. I tell you what, let's talk to uh, Pat. Hey, Pat, welcome home. Dean, is this yes. Dean? Oh, yes. It, um, uh, last last time is... I checked, yes. Wait, wait, hang on. Is it? Is it me? Is it me? Yes, it is me. All right. <laughs> um, I, my house was built in 1922, and it had the original oak floors. So 20 years ago, when we had the house remodeled, we pulled up the carpet, and they were like new, so they shellac them. And they're just beautiful. So now it's been a while, so we, I took TSP. I thought it's time to clean them. Took TSP, and it took off the old shellac. But now when I go go to the Home Depot, it seems like the new shellacs are just water-based, and there's nothing to them. What can I use that's really strong to shellac my floors? Because I want to preserve them as long as possible, and the hall takes a beating a lot of traffic. So what do you recommend to use for shellac or covering, coating? Okay, I got you. No more shellac on your floor, and that's fine. Believe me, it's totally fine. Uh, What you want now, don't be afraid of what you find at the store, but here, uh, I want you to go to a good flooring store, and I want you to get a high-quality flooring-grade polyurethane. Polyurethane. Polyurethane is essentially a plastic coating. Doesn't matter that it's water-based. Doesn't you know? That's not that's a non-issue. And we're going to put at least three to four coats down. Now, if you do, if you want the show the the floor is super shiny, then uh, you go with a normal polyurethane. If you want them to have that very old world, a little bit matte, just satiny finish, which I love so much because I think it shows off an old world floor so well, then. You're going to want a satin finish, just a satin finish on the polyurethane. And you're going to want it, like I said, put down uh, two, uh, three, four coats, uh, even more in high traffic areas if you want. Uh, not a problem. But polyurethane, 
flooring grade, and uh, you'll be able to do that to your floors, and it'll be years before you have to redo it. I'm so glad you joined me this morning. Hang tight. There is more to come. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. KFI, AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, I'm Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, craftsman, builder, custom home designer. You've joined us in our second hour. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 11, every Saturday morning from 6 to 8, all because of you. Thank you so much for all the calls today. Really good questions. I love all, all call shows because uh, I get to spend more time talking to you, answering your questions, helping out maybe just a little bit as we go. And uh, it is always a privilege to spend the weekend with you. I know I sound like a Southwest commercial. I know you have other options for your radio programming, and we thank you for choosing home. <laughs> <laughs> but I do mean that sincerely. All right. I'm going to leave you with uh, this thought today. Uh, my best friend Tina and I were hanging out in uh, on the California Central Coast uh, this last week from about San Luis Obispo and then Morro Bay up to San Simeon and uh, Cambria, just in that whole zone, Cayucas, everything in there. We took our bikes because when exploring, a, a bicycle is the perfect balance of covering more ground than walking, but doing it slowly enough not to miss the details. And we love the details. Life is the details. Uh, when Tina and I travel, we love to uh, get off the tourist path as quickly as possible, try to get lost. We want to chat with locals, set ourselves up to see stuff we haven't seen before. We want to be surprised. It's why we haunt uh, specialty shops and uh, roadside art galleries and antique stores and hole-in-the-wall cafes precisely in the hope of discovering something new. Uh, it's always why I order the most unique item on the menu. Uh, it's why we take the road less traveled. So did it work? Well, it always works. Uh, this time out, we learned that um, an Olala berry is a cross between a blackberry and a raspberry, and it might be the best of both. Uh, using raspberry in a rhubarb pie adds sweetness but doesn't mask the rhubarb the way strawberries do, and I think it's brilliant. Uh, a wooden surfboard is built very much like the wing of an airplane. Uh, the right In the right context, uh, Tina feels strongly that a purple house can totally work, depending <laughs> on your neighborhood. Uh, the high tide needed to uh, access the Morro Bay estuary by kayak should be at least five and a half feet in depth. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, translucent lamps, beautiful translucent lamps can be made from pressed and dried cocoa leaves. Fried polenta uh, uh, tastes great for breakfast. Um, there are mule deer that nibble the grass between the 100-year-old graves at the Santa Rosa Chapel Cemetery. And the Western Osprey a.k.a. the Seahawk, is one of the most magnificent birds of prey you will ever see. That is just a sampling. There are so many more lessons. But the lesson of a good getaway, uh, it's simple. In this world of ours, there's never an excuse for boredom. If you want to live, then get out there and live. Start by exploring your own life, uh, your own town. Stretch. Open yourself to new experiences. Put yourself somewhere where the unexpected can happen and move slowly enough to catch the details as they pass. 
Henry Ford uh, once said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. And I couldn't agree more. I would only add to that the immortal words of Robert Frost. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. If you've never taken the road less traveled, perhaps today's the day, you never know what might happen. It might refresh you, it might challenge you, it will definitely surprise you, and most importantly, from that road, you might be surprised just how easy it is to build yourself a beautiful life. Everybody, have a great week. Enjoy the weather today while it uh, lasts, and uh, we'll see you next weekend. <laughs>